you know. Something that I um, really appreciated about this episode, and maybe we can we can talk about the Octavia Jaha conversation and then segue over to Jaha. But I, I really, I liked that we sort of got these little moments where we returned to, you know, characters, these characters who came from the arc, you know, sort of filling in little bits of backstory about their experiences on the arc mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. helped explain, you know, things. So, and one of them I thought that was like so effective that, that really, you know, that again, is like something I wasn't really expecting them to return to, but that I thought sort of hit particularly hard was that moment when when we finally got we got a chance to hear Jaha's perspective on that sort of like original mm-hmm. what 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 you know Octavia and Bellamy considered the kind of original sin of yeah. the arc you know of their lives that I think you know we've always kind of we've always gotten that story from Octavia and Bellamy's side you know and from the side of kind yes. of the children who were victimized by it, you know, you know, into both in terms of like Octavia and her experiences having to hide, having to, you know, being someone who wasn't supposed to exist, being an outsider and Bellamy who sort of grew up, you know, in this like really terrifying environment where, you know, he kept this humongous secret and he was kind of, he had the weight of his soul, of his sister's life on his shoulders from an early age. And it's interesting because, you know, for this show is like all about perspective, right? And like, but the funny thing is with that sort of origin story for the Blakes, we only really got the Blakes perspective, you know, like it was always mm-hmm. sort of presented as being this just like this horrible thing, you know, that this like terrible, inhumane sort of thing. And so it was wonderful to finally sort of take a moment to understand the perspective of the people who made that law and who mm-hmm. made that decision, you know, and that, and that we got a moment to see like, you know, to really sort of inhabit with Jaha for a moment. It's like, this is a man who loves children, who, who, yes. who loved his child yep. so much and yet was so dedicated to what, you know, to his responsibilities to his people, kind of like a, a larger sort of bigger picture good that he was willing to sacrifice his own son to that system that it wasn't because he wasn't able that he was cold or that it didn't you know he didn't realize that he was floating someone's mother that he did that but rather because you know from the point of view of the of the sort of chancellor as the person whose job it is to make sure that humanity survives that you know people continue to be able to live you know anytime you break a rule that exists to preserve people's lives as they've been, you know, according to like the calculations they have for survival. Like you said, like you push us closer to death. You know, you move that, you move that needle one tick closer to the red line. And when you do that, you know, you have become someone who is trying to kill everyone else. You know, you Mm -hmm. have, you have like materially harmed the life of thousands of other people. And that's something that we simply cannot let happen, you know? So like the combination of understanding that, that this is coming from that Jaha in that moment, making that decision has to be somebody who has to sort of be able to care more about, care about a thousand, you know, 3000 lives 
not in the abstract, but as lives. And still, you know, despite the fact that he, that he's a father and he, you know, he had to have understood and felt, you know, felt that sort of pain on all sides. So we got that kind of like that perspective on that decision. And then, you know, and then with also the touch of that little bit that we got from Abby about like, this is why we started floating people. You know, this is why we started Mm -hmm. floating our bodies because like another logistical problem of survival is what do you do with dead bodies and people are might start want to start to eat them you know so this is a kind of combination of things that prior to this had seemed from the perspective that we had gotten which was mostly you know kind of from people who were outside of the power structure mm-hmm. seemed sort of like unreasonably cruel now you're suddenly yeah. sort of like shit you know like that is a completely logical decision mm-hmm. In this situation. Yeah. And I think when you're watching it, I know for me, when I'm watching it, it wasn't that I didn't get it. Like it was, I got it It on an intellectual level. I was like, I understood it. But of course I'm looking at it from the protagonists who were hurt by it. For the most, I'm looking at it from these delinquent kids that have been sent down to this possible, you know, death trap of a planet. So, um, so I'm, I'm already in tune to be on their side of things, Mm -hmm. even though as an adult person, I understand that when you have limited resources, you're going to have to have these harsh laws. Mm -hmm. And I think that hearing it specifically from the mouth of a man who, I mean, a lot of times people will, you know, I know that Jaha is not the favorite, is not a favorite (laughs) in the family. I love him. I've lo- I've always loved the character. Um, I've always seen him as a tragic character. But one of the things that they've shown throughout the run, and and it's this is true of this episode as well, is that they've shown that Jaha has more of a visceral human connection with his people than a lot of the other leaders. Mm-hmm. So everybody else fights for their people in the abstract, mm-hmm. but you don't see Bellamy like you know really palling around with anyone but his small friend group. You don't see Clark doing that. You don't, you know, like, but with, with Jaha, there were so many people, even after that fiasco with Ali, there were so many people who were still like following him. And he had that like, real connection with people mm-hmm. so it wasn't that he didn't he didn't feel and he and, and even oh and there was this moment in uh, season two when he um talks about knowing um murphy's father like i yeah. remember your mm-hmm. all of them would you like to know their names like he internalized all that and like he said every decision you make whittles you down more and more yeah. so we see Jaha in this moment it's per he's perfectly that's another person that was kind of laid out and his whole past considered yes oh my god yeah yeah like like it's it's, oh you know what I love when you're talking about you know he's like you understood intellectually why they made those choices but like emotionally you know you were on the on the kids side I think like that actually like that fits so beautifully with uh, what what is um, what was Jaha's line to Kane earlier in the episode? Um, it doesn't matter what you know; it matters what you believe. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Like mm-hmm. it's you know, like I mean that right there. Like that's the thing, right? Like we might have always known intellectually why they had to make those choices, but we never understood emotionally. You know, yes. like. emotionally connected to to those choices or to the people who made them and i think that this finally is like we went from knowing why those choices were the right you know were sort of like a right choice from one perspective to really like kind of more deeply connecting to to a belief in those like believing in those choices i guess which is like 
and I and I like too that that he could in that moment that he could both be like full of incredibly like authentic and sincere compassion for how difficult and miserable it was to be Octavia in that system. And also to know that he would do the exact same thing again, Mm -hmm. you know, like that tension of those two sort of truths coexisting side by side, both that like, you know, like I'm looking at somebody whose entire life was fucked up by a thing that I did as chancellor and a system that I perpetuated as chancellor and the way that our, you know, world worked and, and, that sucks and and yep. you didn't deserve that and that's awful and also i'm not apologizing to you for the thing that i did i'm yeah. telling you that i'm really i'm i'm genuinely sad and full of compassion that the end result of that thing was that you were harmed by it yep. but i'm not telling you that i would go back in time and not float your mother because mm-hmm. like that's just not who he is and I, you know i think one of the things that i because i like I I am I've sort of gone back and forth on Jaha. I really liked him in season one. I, in seasons two and three, I think I just sort of struggled with feeling like he was so removed from dynamics with the rest of the cast, with the exception of Murphy and Allie and the City of Light storyline. That I think we lost that that kind of connection. But what I liked about Jaha in season one, when he was so when it was sort of like at the at the most human, like at his most kind of like you know connected to all of these people, because none of this crazy shit had happened yet. What I've always liked about him, I think, is sort of the key to remember both of him and, I mean, Kane and Kane and Abby too, but I think Jaha in particular is like, Jaha did not, Jaha wasn't elected chancellor to be chancellor in these circumstances. Like, yeah. Jaha was not picked for the job he ended up having. Yep. He was picked for a much more vanilla, non-eventful <laughs> <laughs> sort of like, chancellorship where like nothing was supposed to happen and he would you know he'd be chancellor for a couple of years and hand it off to somebody else and and the entirety of their job was sort of like keeping the human race alive preserving the knowledge that they would and the resources that they would need to have when they came back down to earth again at some distant point in the future that he might not even be alive to see so like when he talks about being a transitional generation in that you know in that season one episode when he talks about like this was never supposed to happen on our watch. I think, and I think a really important thing to remember with all three of those adults, but him in particular, because he was the first, he was a chancellor then was that everything that he's had to sort of figure out since they came to earth has been like improvised on the fly, Mm. you know? And um, (laughs) like he's, he's had, he has the way that he was as a leader and, you know, and the, life circumstances that shaped him, you know, they all do. And then he's, he's shoved out of those circumstances, but he's still the same man. So, so how do you, you know, like, what does it mean to Jaha to be a leader, you know, in a world that is shaped completely differently than the leadership role that he took on? And, um, and so that's what, what I, what I really liked about his role in season four was how often he was kind of, his role was as the, the guy who was still sort of holding on to all that arc knowledge, like all of the things that he knew, you know, about the world, about earth, about the arc, you know, from his time as chancellor. Um, but this, I felt like, you know, in this episode, and it was such a, it was so poignant, you know, kind of having this at the, at the close of his, of his story, circling back to the beginning, to the leader that he, that he was when at the time when his only job was like, keep this small group of a couple thousand people alive in this tin can <laughs> that are killing each other with no food. You know, like, 
there's nobody in this entire story who has a more specific skill set that Octavia needs right now than season one Jaha, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I like, and that- there's something, there's also, I think like what another sort of great thing about that conversation, you know, and, and sort of like as a single episode arc, especially is like beginning with Jaha being summoned to Octavia's office as an engineer, just yeah. to tell them, okay, yeah. can we cut our way out? You know, and then they sort of confront the bigger problem. He starts to say, well, you know, like I have some, he starts to kind of say like, I might have some, or allude to that. He might have some ideas for the bigger problem. And Octavia, you know, sort of says like, I'll call you when we need another engineer, which I think was a very pointed way of saying like, I don't want to hear from you. You know, she's sort of distancing herself from him again is sort of seeing him as like, you were the leader on the arc. You are sort of like you said, Claire, like that personification of, of the system that screwed her that she sort of at that point believes in a very, in a very like understandable teenager sort of way, you know, like, <laughs> well, you guys, you dumbass adults. Like I watched you screw up everything my entire life. Right. So I'm going to do this better. <laughs> Starting with not doing anything the way that you would, you know, that you say I should. You know, so there's a kind of way, like, he is the person who has all of the knowledge and skills that they need for this specific situation. But she keeps sort of, like, her in particular, she keeps sort of, like, pushing him away and not wanting to listen to him. And so to that, to circle back at the end to that moment where she's sort of forced to stop and listen to him. And actually Mm -hmm. really reckon with not who she thought he was. And not who she thought the you know the the chancellors were, but who he actually is and what it actually means to be a leader in that moment. You know, I think it was like an important moment of humbling for Octavia. You know, to sort of have to stop and listen and realize it's on you now. Now it is your turn. You get to try to do better. But the way that you do better isn't by dismissing everything that everybody be before you knew, you know, like the way that you do better is you listen to Jaha and you absorb his wisdom, you know, and you use that moving forward. And obviously it's debatable. We don't know yet whether she actually did any better, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, like it's possible. It's just sort of like, there is no better. There's just like, which brand of fucked up do you want to like, you know, have for your system. But, I but she that, kept them alive. Yeah. It's been six years and they're all still alive in there. So. Yeah, but I, but I think like there was something really sort of cathartic about, you know, the, the sort of Jaha's last moments being the person who most fully dismissed him and hated him, perhaps rightfully, being put in a position finally where she had to fully see him and hear him and listen to him and accept, you know, and and sort of like absorb his perspective and wisdom, you know, like there's a kind of like full circle-ness to Mm. that between um, Octavia and Jaha that I thought was like really, I mean, and very subtly done, you know, like that's something that like they didn't, they didn't hit you over the head with it. You know, it's like one of those things that you just like, as you think about it, it kind of unfolds more that I thought, I think that's part of why, you know, I was surprised that Jaha died this early in the season. Like I all kind of knew that he was, mm-hmm. that he was going to die at some point or he was going to be off the show at some point. Um, I didn't expect it to happen in the, you know, in the first bunker. No, me neither. Episode. Yeah. And I was a little bit for a moment when I realized like, you know, when the, the sort of blood when there was like, when the injury was like, are you bleeding? He's like, oh, it's nothing. And I'm like, oh my God, is he going to die? And I was thinking like, yeah. that's really fast. <laughs> you know, I was like, what's Dude, yeah. And I was, I was sort of like bracing myself for like another, oh God, you know, I, I mean like a little bit, like I had a moment of bracing myself and then I was like, no, Crystal loves this episode, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, Crystal would not love this episode if they fuck over Jaha. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, you know, for how how much earlier it happened than I thought that it might, I think perhaps part of the reason why it felt like you know, like a, like an appropriate and and a good send off for that character was the way that having that sort of full circle moment with Octavia, having Octavia be the person who sort of finally witnessed Jaha at the man as a full man, not as Chancellor or City of Light prophet or even like Jaha's Uncle Theo, you know, but like Jaha is all of those things all at once, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that's what kind of made it sort of like made it feel like, okay, like all right. Like we've we've sort of reached a point where Jaha is fully realized and the one person who maybe was the person you would never expect to be able to recognize that has recognized that. And that's mm-hmm. maybe why it felt like sort of complete, I guess. Well, yeah. and I think I think the fact too that like her her dawning realization that he's more badly injured than he has let on, mm. and her increasing concern, like when you when the moment where you realize Octavia doesn't want Jaha to die, yeah. is a really emotionally it's a it's a big moment for both of them like it's a big yeah. moment for her to have especially again as a nice little sort of season one flip from like bellamy trying to kill jaha and yeah Taylor, yeah you know and and then when jaha finally dies is on octavia's watch and her genuine distress at the fact that he didn't tell her how bad it was and let her try to find some kind of a doctor. The fact that when she kills the guy, she says, this is for Jaha. Mm -hmm. Like her, her honoring him in her own way as a person whose death is meaningful to her was like a completely unexpected. Yes. Just a little, like, like a way, like, like both like you're saying Aaron, like a, a way to kind of continue the process of like, fully fleshing out and humanizing him, but also like what a step for her to, to, to acknowledge his humanity enough that he is somebody who deserves, you know, what she thinks of as, as justice, Mm -hmm. you know, justice on behalf of somebody who shouldn't have died that she wished that he had lived like that. I was, Mm -hmm. that was so, I was so emotional over her, over realizing like Octavia, like she's like, she's still pissy. She's still being like a grumpy teenager at him. <laughs> but like, but, but when you remember where you realize like Octavia doesn't want Jaha to die and, and that realization, you know, he's one of her few last remaining links to that world, even though he represents all the bad stuff about it, but he's a link to her past. And she has so few of those left underground, you know, that it, it made so much sense why, you know, even before she has fully come around to admitting, okay, yeah, you might have a point. I guess I might listen to you. Like, even when she's still being very <laughs> grumpy, the fact that, you know, that he's established himself as a person that, and it, you know, and it isn't because, oh no, we can't lose an engineer. It's like, no, like you, this person, you know, we're like bleeding in front of me. Like, I'm going to be like, I'm pissed at you that you didn't let me call for a doctor. You know, I'm pissed at you that you didn't like let on how bad it was when she realizes like, he's going to sacrifice himself to make this thing happen. Also, can we just pause and acknowledge how much of a goddamn badass Thelonious Jaha is for like walking around (laughs) for hours with a perforated (laughs) liver. Yeah. Like not even flinching. Yeah. Like he's just like, it's fine. It's just a scratch. I'm fine. Oh, I'm dying. It's cool. Like, oh oh my God. (laughs) Man of steel. He's a total badass. And I feel like there's so much here. There's so much richness here because, okay, so because he has this like troubled past in terms of, you know, everything you said before about being forced into this really crappy situation. He had no 
idea was coming his way in terms of being the chancellor of the Ark when the Ark decided to go, you know, kablooey. And then, um, and then he comes down to Earth and like everything about his journey, he, he lost his son. And it was like, a, it was like a, it was like a switch flipped in him. And he's like, Everything I do from now on needs to, it needs to be worth it. Mm-hmm. Everything I did needs to have been worth it. So he hears about the city of light and he glomps onto it. He's like, I'm going to find the city of light for my people. Because if I do that, then um, Wells's death will have been worth it. And that's really been his driving force that got him to Alley that, you know, and then even post Alley when he's like, I'm going to find this bunker. He finds the bunker. He's like, you know, there's so many things where he's like, I've got to make it worthwhile. And then what we saw in this episode is him letting go of this, this quest. He yeah. let go of his quest. He was ready to rest. He was ready to raise another son up if he needed to. He was ready to fix a lady's wheel. You know, he was just ready yeah. to kind of calm down and, and live life and be the man he was with the wife, with the kid, you know, obviously yeah. not with, you know, who he was before he became chancellor or anything. So he had like a month and some change of being just Thelonious Jaha, the guy, as opposed to all the other things he had attached to him before. And I think that that was a wonderful exit for him. I mean, I said that he left early. I was, I was surprised, sad and surprised that he left er- this early, but he could not exist in this Octavia gladiator world. Oh, like there's, yeah. there's no Jaha in that. Like he had to go. Yeah. <laughs> we need gladiator time now. So it's kind of like, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was handled, I mean, like, it was so, I think one of the things that was am- amusing floating around on social media, like, after the episode aired was, you know, how many people who think of themselves as people who don't really care about Jaha as a character that much, like, sobbing <laughs> over that death scene. So it, it felt like, you know, I think one of the things that's been frustrating to me as a recurring thing in this show, and we've talked about this so many times, is how often it feels like a character's death and the aftermath of that death don't necessarily feel worthy of what that character brought to the story, you know, and or or handled in a way where you're like, I know, I already know that this death is going to have ongoing character stakes. And I felt like with Jaha, it really felt like he was done justice. I really liked that that final moment happened with like the whole team adults crew gathered around, you know, yeah. like, like that he, he didn't die alone in a hallway. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't short the doors out and then just kind of like, thunk to the ground like well i did my thing i'm gonna die alone in the service corridor you know like everyone must you know having like like everyone had a moment of emotion like indra was there you know jackson that cut to jackson tearing up you know it's yeah, like i don't yeah. think jackson couldn't have been that wild about jaha either but it's like again it's like a link to their past like this person yeah. that he's known his entire life and you know and kane and abby like just that the sort of one last final reunion of that trio, Kane, you know. Kane, uh, Jaha asking Kane to give the oh my god blessing oh is my where god. I lost it. Like that was so, the moment so, where I was like, oh god. A, I'm over. I was sobbing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but probably because I am, I am weak. Like the traveler's blessing is my emotional kryptonite. So I, I am powerless to resist it. Like I just. Anytime anyone says those words, I'm like, well, I'll be back in an hour when I am done sobbing. <laughs> but, then, but then, like, the fact that, like, as, as another little sort of callback to their past and to their history, like, not just because the two of them have, I mean, like, one of one of Jaha's closest relationships besides his son, you know, over the course of the whole show, but also as a very subtle little reminder that, like, Kane is Vera's son. Like, Kane, you know, like, a, a little... 
hearkening back to when, you know, when they were on the Ark and this was what his mother did. This was like his Cain's religious tradition and heritage coming back there for a second. You know, in addition to this just incredibly intimate friendship between these two men, like when he says like, Marcus, take me home. Okay, question, question for you. When he said that, did you for one horrible moment think like I thought that he was asking Marcus to like mercy kill him? I was like, please don't make Kane have to Finn Collins Jaha. <laughs> like I, and then I was like, oh, he just wants to like say the thing like he's dying. Or I was like, oh, okay. But I had this horrible thought when he said, Marcus, take me home. I was like, please don't make me watch this because like, if Kane has to like, I don't know, take a knife from Indra and like slip it into, I was like, I will not make it out of this episode alive. <laughs> the way it happened was really lovely, but I just had that moment of, I was like, oh my God, is this going to be even sadder than the amount of sad that I'm already experiencing and can barely handle? <laughs> no, I definitely, I immediately went back to Vera and then, and then it's just like, I, I immediately flashed to Vera yeah. in that, those final moments. Yeah. Like I knew exactly what he was saying. And I knew exactly how the show was going to come for me and throttle yeah and i you know i speaking of deaths that in the show that sort of like have had lasting repercussions and sort of have never quite gone like i am always emotional at a wells mention but like just the the sort of the the degree to which wells was present in this episode i thought was so uh, beautiful like i love like that you know even though jaha had sort of let go of like i'm going to lead for wells i'm going to make this worth it for wells like what he hung on to was his son you know his like this love even like even with ethan he was sort of like there's a certain amount of transference there you know he read yeah. wells's favorite book but like just that kind of like depth of love that he had for his family and for his son and that, you know, like, dying for him is him going home to his son. Like, I'm getting, like, choked up about it right now. But, but you know, both because, like, of what that reveals about Jaha. But then also just, like, I love that that Wells, who died in the third episode, mm-hmm. remains so important. You know, that this is, like, yeah. a moment, like, we're almost, I guess, four entire seasons later. Episode 502. And Wells dying in episode three is something that, like, is still alive in this Hmm. moment, you know, um, that's still like real and, and like Octavia knew Wells, you know, like, so there's a kind of sense of like all these people who have had so much conflict among them over the course of the show, Jaha's had conflict with every single one of those people in one point or another that like ultimately in this sort of like final moment in this final phase, what matters is what they have meant to each other, you mm-hmm. know, and sort of so getting to see Kane and Abby just like genuinely mourning the loss of their friend, you know, mm-hmm. and like mourning the loss of that relationship, you know, and and Octavia sort of like mourning Jaha, but also looking forward with him. I just felt like it was like such a beautiful moment of like, like a nexus of connections of past and future. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show it's like through Jaha that I just thought was like like another way that I think like that death kind of really honors how central a character he has been you know even in cases where he seemed to be kind of like external to the main narrative like you know season, <laughs> second half of season two we're all like what the hell is going on with Jaha and Murphy in the desert and then it <laughs> turns out like that is like the whole heart of the story of all of season three you know like everything kind of circles back around to Jaha in a lot of ways and this and is I, another moment where he's like at the heart of things <laughs> yeah and I 
So at the like you just said, he's, he's been separate many times. Yeah. And, and even in even in the first season, like obviously he was the arc is only but so big with so many characters, but he was still as the chancellor, he was set apart from even the other people on the mm-hmm. arc. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. I mean, I think one of the things I thought was so moving about, you know, about the way everything kind of coalesced at the end was that it felt like what you what you want out of a character death where you know that like they feel like it isn't the Jaha wanted to die but you feel that he can feel like he didn't leave anything major unfinished and like it really felt like yeah. He died like at it, peace. It, I think like, he died at peace and yeah. that's so rare in this show honestly it's so rare yeah. that you get to see a character die at peace and yeah. I, and I'm you know I'm I'm happy that Jaha got that. Yeah. It it reminded me of not to like not to be like a major downer, but um <laughs> more so than we already are, but um when my mom passed away 10 years ago, um I picked I was personally picked the scripture readings for um that they read for at her funeral and and one of the ones that I picked that it's like my probably my most favorite like most beloved um line from anywhere in in the Bible is from 2 Timothy and it's it's a letter um written by Paul to Timothy when he's when he was in prison and and the line is I um I have fought the good fight I have finished the race I have kept the faith and it's you know it's a man like looking ahead at like imminent death looking back at all the things that he's done and said like nope you know what like if it's coming it's coming but like I did everything that I came here to do and, you know, and I feel, and you sort of like that, that kind of sense of like looking, looking forward and back, like I find like so poignant. And, and so that's something that I sort of think about, like, it's a line that I think about a lot. It's just like a, you know, just sort of on a personally meaningful, you know, and some bots to me, but I, but it really felt like I, I, I kind of couldn't get out of my head here. It's like, that's like, that's what he did. You know, like he, yeah. like he kept the faith. He kept moving forward. He never stopped believing in his people. He he did everything that he came there to do. And it didn't happen the way that he expected that it would happen. But he was he was the chancellor who got his people to the ground. Yeah. You know, like that was the one thing, you know, that was sort of supposed to be his thing. And, you know, and all through season one, as things are going wrong, there's all of these, are they going to be able to do it? Are they going to be able to do it? And then the end he does it and everything else that happens after that, you know, keeping them alive on the ground, you know, what we get here, I think is this moment is sort of passing the baton forward of like, now it's for Octavia to continue that. But he completed that work, you know, he really did. And it felt right, you know, that in his final moment, that this final scene we got of him, that it was like, that that was acknowledged and, and treated really respectfully and that he got to be like surrounded by people who cared about him and who knew how important he was. And, and that it really sort of felt like it stitched up that whole arc in a way where it also feels like, you know, like my sort of barometer, I guess, for character death on most shows is like, does it open up more story territory than it closes off to kill this character? You know, and and with Jaha, I really feel like it does. I feel like the, you know, the way that he bestowed this advice to Octavia, the way that he held up a mirror to all of these things about her past that she had never outgrown a child's perspective on. And now he was kind of making her see it as an adult and the transformation that he kind of wrought in her, it feels like it's setting up something, something big and crazy and unexpected to kind of happen afterwards. Um, And also that, you know, that it was a sort of moment of like, 
it's the thing I think that really brings Kane and Abby back together. Like mm-hmm. it's sort of like the three of them were such a unit for such a long time. And in that final moment, it's like all the other, all the other shit, like all the things they were arguing about. It's like, there's no room for any of that right here, right now in this moment when it's just like the three of them together again. And that I found so poignant too. It's like, he kind of brings everyone together and he gives Octavia what she needs. And, and it feels like it just zipped that up so neatly and beautifully. And I just really, it felt, you know, it felt worthy of Jaha and worthy of Isaiah, I thought. Yeah. More than, very... like, having him die in a cannibal pit. Yeah, oh my god, just about to say that. Like, <laughs> I was so, I had already convinced myself, like, oh my god, I love this show so much. But if they mutilate and eat, they eat if, Jaha. Like, if they eat this black man on the Sullivan show, I'm pretty sure I can't watch it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so sad. And so I'm just, I, that, I think part of the reason why I loved it so much and why I was like braying about it, like endlessly since I, since I watched it was because I was just so relieved. I was just so relieved. I was like, I let the, like the chatter and the fandom and the fandom just gets silly. Every fandom gets silly and gets, you know, like starts spinning its own yarns. And I was like, oh my God, I'm like biting my teeth. And then they give me this beautiful story of redemption and love and forgiveness. And I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> okay, whew. I, had, yeah. I was convinced by these people that you were going to do this ridiculous, horrible thing. <laughs> and they will later, but with a different person, exactly, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, hopefully it's a nobody. I hope it's not someone. I hope it's not someone we know, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I think in a more sort of direct parallel in the episode, I think, you know, it seems pretty clear to me that Jaha is the giving tree. In he's reading that book to Ethan, but like that that he is the he is the tree in the sense that he has been giving and giving and giving of himself, and now he's reached the point where he has nothing left he can give. You know, he gave his wife, he gave his son. You know, to some extent, he gave his humanity. Um, in in terms of like the alley thing, all he has left is his life to give yeah. for his people. And he does it, you know, and then that's it. And then, and then what's that last line that he, we hear him read to Ethan? Well, a stump is nice to sit on or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Which mm-hmm. I think is, is, is sort of winds up being prophetic if you think about it, sort of like the tree is dead, it's just a stump, but the stump gives you something, gives you a foundation. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that book, but this episode <laughs> actually made me like this, like that, the construction of it as an allegory for Jaha as the tree makes me like it better. So my, my, my beef with it, I was bitching with like a little bit on, on Twitter, although actually, and then our friend uh, Tina capital chick had another interpretation of it, which I also liked in terms of an allegory. But what I've never liked about that book, even when I was a kid is that it feels like because the tree is sort of implicitly coded female it feels like it's this kind of weird toxic creepy allegory for how women are supposed to just like give men everything until they're used up and i'm just like i do not like this as a like way to model human behavior for little boys Um, but tina's interpretation which i really liked was the idea of you know framing it in the context of the stories that the hundred is kind of always telling on various levels about like humanity and the planet, the environment, natural resources, um, the way that we, you know, take and take and take and take and take from, 
you know, she's like, I kind of always assume like the tree is like Mother Earth. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's perfect. That's totally what the show's about, you know. Doesn't um, actually make your interpretation different, though, considering no, it's Mother it's still, Earth and Earth is still feminized, still you know. Selfish and shitty, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in that way, it, it grafts very nicely onto the battle for Eden that we know is coming. And True. it's sort of yeah. finite mm-hmm. resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but in, in, a, in a way, I think gender flipping it where like Jaha is the tree giving of himself and instead of being one person it's all of his people like that actually in a way i feel like that makes it feel i think that that recontextualizes a little bit because it's less about like the people are not being selfish in benefiting from jaha's sacrifice to them the way sometimes in a one-to-one relationship that feeds a person's expectation that you just take and take and take from people. And then when they run out, you move on to somebody else. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's different when you're talking about the relationship between a leader and their people where that's the leader's job, mm-hmm. you know, like that's what they're supposed to be doing. And so I, yeah, I like, it was, you know, I was like, Oh man, it's a goddamn giving tree. They couldn't pick a book with a better message. And actually now I'm kind of <laughs> like, all right. And then Jason was like, I read this book to my son a million times. And I was like, well, now you've made it cute and I can't be mad. Um, <laughs> I just had but, a really, I just had a really sad thought about the giving tree and the fact that he read it to Wells. Uh, it also in terms of like, okay, so we were joking around on Twitter about this, that um, Bellamy keeps accidentally raising these like murder children. Like first, <laughs> first he tells Charlotte a story about slaying her demons and then she murders Wells. And then, you know, he tells Octavia stories from Ovid when she's little. And then she's like, you know, it'd be awesome. Glad to fight to the judgment. Um, <laughs> exactly. And now, and now like Ethan is the next generation of murder child. But in a weird way that you could also see that with Jaha and the Giving Tree and Wells, because Wells is definitely also a character who gave and gave and gave and gave and gave of himself until he died, you know, like without thanks, without, you know, with like with total sort of selflessness. So in like a weird fucked up way, like... Like it, it is, it actually makes a, a really depressing kind of sense that yeah. that would have been Wells's favorite book and like Wells Jaha's tragic origin story right. of yeah. like unrecognized selflessness. Sort of like, but like, well, my best friend, like it, w- it would be way more traumatic for my best friend to believe, to know that her mom is the one who caused her dad to die rather than me. So I guess I'll just sacrifice my relationship with my best friend and let her hate me. You know, I know. He's <laughs> like, the tree, and Clark is the asshole little boy. And I'm like, no, Clark didn't know. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. No, it's so sad. It it actually it it is like I don't know if they if they picked that book because Jason was like, oh, I like this book, or they picked it because it worked as a metaphor, or if they picked it because they were like, no, really deeply in like a deep character analysis way, it makes perfect emotional sense that this would be a narrative that was like grafted onto Wells Jaha's bones from the earliest days of his childhood, <laughs> especially in terms of like shaping his relationship with Clark. Yeah. Now it's like, it's just, uh, uh, 